A very warm welcome to Momentum Meets, a podcast series hosted by me, Alistair Boddy, Business Development Director here at Momentum Broker Solutions. Today, I'm joined by the manager of the most important cogs in the business, Emma Rippon, our finance manager. A warm welcome to you, Emma. Thanks, Alistair. So tell us, you've got a wealth of experience, the bit which made me chuckle away, 20 years you've been in this industry, you don't anywhere look anywhere near that old. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, I will take that. It's been more than 20 years, but I'm not telling you how many more. Excellent. Well, 12 years um, with Momentum, pretty much from day one when Momentum started up. So tell us what attracted you to the wonderful world of finance. So um, it's not a very interesting story and it's not one where I thought, you know what, I really want to be an accountant. Um, This is not a good way to start a podcast, (laughs) by the way, Emma. (laughs) So I left college after finishing my HND in performing arts and didn't know what to do next. So I applied for loads of jobs. I got offered two jobs on the same day, one as an office junior for an insurance broker and one as an uh, an office junior for a solicitor's. And I didn't like the guy that interviewed me at the solicitor's, so I took the job at the insurance broker's. And 20-something years later, (laughs) I'm still doing it. Fantastic. And um, what do you enjoy about the wonderful world of finance? Uh, Do you know what? I I honestly love it. Um, There's... Been, it's a very rare day when I get up and think, oh, work today. It just doesn't happen. I get up every morning. I look forward to coming into the office. I love working with my team. They're amazing. Uh, they're lovely people apart from anything, uh, but they make my life so much easier. I, I've obviously trained them well. <laughs> that They're doing a good job and I enjoy what I do. It, it's, it's interesting. Every day is different. Over the last 20 years, I mean, you know, things must have changed in that time. Surely we don't see much uh, cash, if any at all, and, and, and checks probably are a bit of a dying breed. Uh, yeah, so we, we don't take cash anymore, definitely, especially all the anti-money laundering rules and things. We don't take cash anymore. We get a surprising number of checks. Um, it is a surprise that so many clients still send checks, considering they are some banks don't even issue a checkbook anymore unless you specifically ask for it. And they're getting so much more difficult to bank because all the branches are closing. I, I suppose with a lot of cybercrime going on um, at the moment and being quite topical, that some people will be a little bit less um, happy with sending back payments and the likes because there's a question whether or not they're actually sending the money to the right people. Yeah, I mean, that is a big question. And actually, some clients are very, very aware of where they're sending their money to. Most banks now, you'll notice on your own personal mobile banking app, when you put in a name and some bank details, it will tell you that they are the right person. And we do get calls from clients saying, I've got an invoice, especially following the change we did um, to the new bank last year to say, I've got new bank details. Can you confirm that these are correct? Having said that, considering the number of payments we put through the system, the number of phone calls we got to verify those bank details was actually very small. Everyone is seeing rising costs. The Bank of England has just raised the interest rates again. What challenges does that actually bring to you and your team? It does make life more difficult for some people. You know, well, we're all seeing it, aren't we? Interest rates are going up. Your mortgage payments are going up. The cost of everything is going up. We're possibly starting to see now a few more default notifications coming through from premium credit than we ever did before. And we're also seeing clients with smaller premiums asking to go on monthly instalments because they just don't have the cash to pay for it in one go. So look, if, if you've got a client at the moment who uh, 
is is clearly struggling. Um, things are a little bit tougher than they'd like it to be. What what words of advice would you give to the, the appointed representative in regards to how you best deal with that client and obviously engage with the finance team? I think the first thing is when the client does want to go on cover, even beforehand, finding out how they want to pay. If they want to pay by instalments, that's great. If it's a new client or a client you, you think maybe possibly having some financial issues, the sooner you come to us and ask us, we can go to premium credit, we can ask them to underwrite clients ahead of renewal. So if you've got a client that you're a little bit unsure of what their financial position might be, we can start the check sooner rather than later, rather than get into renewal or have put in the client on cover and then find it out that perhaps that finance is going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, for some clients who maybe haven't used finance before, um, but would maybe like to, but the interest rate is possibly putting them off. Um, there are other options that we've got available. So we can look at a shorter term. So premium credit offer a six month credit agreement that offers a lower interest rate than the 10 month option that we normally offer. So that's there for clients um, as well. So if clients are a bit nervous around what their cash flow position looks like, we do have options there for them. Um, but what I would say is, the sooner you talk to us, the better, because the more opportunity that gives us to help rather than it becoming actually an insurance company looking to cancel. What can we do now? At that point, our options are really limited. So the sooner we know, the more options we've got. I mean, talking to premium credit, uh, we've got quite a big relationship with them and we're probably one of their larger brokers in the UK uh, in regards to the amount of money that we get funded. Um, can you tell me about the trial that they've invited us to partake in? Yeah, sure. Um, so quite recently, they launched their LOM system. So it's an add-on to the existing system that they've got for non-recourse clients. And what this means for us is when a loan is added or previously was added, all we could see is that the loan was on the system and potentially it's with their underwriting team but very limited information, not much more than that. Whereas now we can see it going through the stages. So we can see what extra information they're asking for. Um, there's the opportunity to upload documents directly into their system rather than just emailing them into a team and hoping that somebody picks them up at some point. It's just giving us that little bit more information. Um, we've had lots of issues with premium credit in the past. We'd be foolish to say that we haven't. But it is nice to see that they are making big steps towards making the process easier and smoother and a more transparent process. We work exclusively with premium credit. Um, you know, there, there have been questions about why we don't work with more than one premium finance provider. Tell us what's your sort of thoughts on that and why, why are we working exclusively with premium credit at the moment? There's a couple of reasons why we would do that. Um, one of them is by only having one finance provider, we are a big fish in that small pond rather than being one of the smaller fish. When we do have an issue, when we do need something to happen, um, we've got more people that we can go to and we've got bigger power to be able to go back to premium credit and say, you need to help us with this. We need to find a resolution. If you're a small fish, they're not going to be quite so worried about helping you out on those cases where you've got those issues. Um, the other thing is, if we did take on a secondary finance option, you then have to decide what you're going to offer to that new partner. So, do you only use them for a backup? And then are you only using them for a backup for your 
less desirable clients, in which case they probably aren't going to want to keep you on their books for very long because if all you're giving them is clients with a default history or potential financial troubles, then they're not going to be very keen on working with us. Whereas at least with premium credit, we can go to them and say, we've got this client who's got a few issues and we have some negotiating power. If you're only giving those to a secondary agency and that's all they're seeing, they're probably not going to be that interested. One thing a lot of people don't realize when it comes to premium credit is they actually don't underwrite their loans before they actually start taking payments, which seems very backwards in the, in the world of car finance or whatever else it might be that we, uh, we, we you know, those material assets that uh, we, we're used to financing. Tell us, why do they work in that way and, and, and what challenges does that create? It does seem a little bit backwards. I, I do agree with that. Um, so, whereas I suppose we do have the opportunity to go to premium credit before they start collecting any payments um, and asking them to underwrite the loan, which is what I mentioned earlier about before renewal, we can approach um, approach premium credit and ask them to underwrite the client and tell us if finance is going to be available. Uh, the main reason why they don't wait for all those checks to go through is sometimes we can have cases with clients that need underwriting and that underwriting can be quite complex and can potentially take two, three months. If they waited to start collecting instalments for that client, the client could potentially be paying two, three or four instalments all in one go in which case it could pose the client real cash flow issues. So premium credits ideal is start collecting straight away. We will start our underwriting process. If at any point we find that we can't offer finance, the money goes straight back to the client. I mean, speaking about some of the challenges and the regulations facing um, both premium credit and ourselves when it comes to lending, the, the Know Your Customer rules came in, um, I think it was 2019, I might not got quite got that right, but there wasn't a huge amount of publicity, certainly in the insurance broking world, um, but that has had a massive impact or, uh, um, in regards to particularly premium finance and, and, and lending um, in regards to making sure that we've got additional information so that we actually know who's actually borrowing the money and who's going to benefit as a result of it. That's right. So we get a lot of requests back from premium credit, more so now than ever, um, about verifying clients and then verifying businesses, but not just the business that they're lending money to, the owners of that business and any other companies that are involved as well, especially if those businesses are based overseas. So we may well get a request for, for your client who is based in the UK, say actually one of their shareholders is based in Australia, America, wherever, and they need to know who those people are and who the people are that own that company and where they live um, because they need to know they're not dealing with anybody that they shouldn't be dealing with um, and that they are re lending responsibly. So it is really important and it can seem like quite hard work sometimes, especially if you've got a you've worked so hard to win that piece of business, you've got them on cover, you've won you've got them onto finance, everything's going great. And then all of a sudden we're sending you a big big long list of requirements that you need and you've got to go back and have a conversation with the client to say, actually this has come up and it's not necessarily that there is a problem or there is anything wrong, but premium credit do need to know that. Um, so we appreciate that it's not always the easiest question or the easiest conversation to have with a client. It can almost feel like we're saying there is a problem even when there isn't. 
thinking about appointed representatives and, and, and our appointed representatives, and when you start messing around with their money, that's when things can start getting incredibly emotional, um, and quite rightly so. Um, now, one of the biggest bits of feedback I get when talking to potential prospective um, members of Momentum is, is around the frustrations around how other networks or other uh, finance teams effectively manage their um, their monies. Um, don't seem to get those issues when it comes to momentum. Um, the, the, the areas which normally get floated is around the lack of transparency or, or consistency in regards to how things are dealt with. How do you make sure that the team runs as smoothly as it does? Well, that's really nice of you to say that for a start, Alistair, so thank you very much. <laughs> There's always always time for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> we do work very hard to make sure that the ARs have got everything they need. Um, that maybe doesn't always happen, but it's certainly our aim is to make life as easy for our ARs as possible so that they can be out doing what they do best. Um, by sharing the system, so the system that we have access to they have access to. They can see exactly what we can see. So whatever it tells you is happening in Actress, whatever it tells you that is happening under that client, that is what is happening. So the information is there for the AR to see. We're not hiding anything. There's there's no sort of secret backdoor to the accounts. Um, it's all there in Actress. And we're sharing that with the ARs. Um, we're using the management information tools that we've got to give them all of the detail that they need. And we're trying to give it to them as early as possible. So where there's a problem, where they think something's not quite right, rather than having to wait a month, two months, three months for it to appear on a commission report or um, they actually get a payment through from us and say, oh, now it's not right. The day that it's something is invoiced in the system, they can see it. They've got access to it. They know that day if that transaction went through correctly and what their earnings are going to be from that. And I think by giving them all of that information, we don't have to worry about them being concerned about their money and what, what's going on behind the scenes because there is no behind the scenes. What we see is what they see. But once again, going back to transparency, if everything's there in the open in regards to they know what's coming through, what isn't coming through, there should be no surprises. But, you know, Human error, um, incorrect information coming through from an insurer will always cause that problem from time to time. So it's handy to know. I mean, the finance team can be seen as well, as as unsung heroes a lot, as a lot of what they do goes below the radar. Now, I wanted to ask you one particular question, but you'll be pleased <laughs> I can't. The question which I will ask instead is, is, what does your team actually do every day? Well, I mean... We talk about food quite a lot. There's a lot of discussion about food, what you're having for lunch, what you got for dinner, um, anyone up for a Greg's. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of that that's going on in the office. We're, we're quite interested in food generally. Um, but aside from that, um, so the, uh, our typical day, I guess, would be reconciling the payments that have come in premium credit, credit card, straight into the bank. So all the money that we've received in, our aim is to get that on the system as quickly as possible. Again, so the ARs can see which of their clients have paid and what income's coming into them that month. So it's really important for us that it goes on as quickly as, as we can. Um, there are some issues that come with that, which usually 
lead to some interesting conversations around the office when a payment comes in and it just says dad's insurance it's a tricky one for us trying to locate who that whose dad that payment belongs to so Again, we've redone the invoices recently, tried to make it a little bit easier for the client to see the reference that we need. But you're always going to get those, you know, the payment that comes in that says fleet insurance because nobody else paid us for their fleet insurance that week. So it's tricky, but that's our aim. Get it on the system quickly as possible. Um, and then premium credits. So we get a lot of premium credit requests through the day. We're generally looking at 40 to 50 requests for adjustments to premium credit, setting up new premium credits, uh, renewing existing premium credits. So that's a lot. So the team spend a good portion of the day getting the money on the system and setting up the new loans. Aside from that, we've got the insurer reconciliations. So in any given month, we're normally paying over about 200 different payments to various insurers, ranging from really tiny payments to really big ones. So yeah, it keeps them pretty busy to be fair. <laughs> so think about technology. I remember, um, I think it was leaving le leaving Allianz back in, was it 2007? And they were bringing in um, electronic statements for uh, insurer reconciliation. Um, I take it not all insurers have got to that stage. Um, no. And they're still very manual in some instances. <laughs> it's surprising how many insurers still use the old paper statements that they print off their system and pop in the post. Um, I don't know if you remember the good old days of having uh, courier post delivered with a big old stack of insurer documents. And we would have to uh, reconcile the payments and then write 30, 40 checks and then pop them in the post back into the courier post to be delivered back to the insurance companies in time for month end. Other than uh, Aviva, who were around the corner from the office that I used to work in in town. So I would literally walk it around to their office because it was uh, a bit quicker. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so, so, so I take it you're still writing on those statements and saying query with query with underwriter and the likes. Exactly. Um, it's a bit quicker than it used to be because we don't have to put them in the post anymore. We'll just scan them back over to the accounts team. Um, we are noticing now more and more insurers are launching their own online reconciliation systems. They've got their own portals and now we can go on and get the insurer statements from there rather than waiting for them to come in the post. There's ups and downs to that. Well, one thing it does mean for us, um, and it is a, a big thing when we reconcile the payment and we pop it into their portal, it automatically reconciles their end. So rather than getting a statement back the following month with 30, 40, 50 entries on there that we'd paid the previous month and they hadn't reconciled, they're all gone. It's making it a little bit easier for us. The tricky thing is remembering all of the passwords to all of the different systems that you need to use. So, yeah, it's got its own challenges. But actually, from the insurer's point of view, it's a great way for them to get a quicker response from us. And it also means um, some of the insurers have set their systems up really well. So now, rather than us writing on that paper statement, please refer to underwriter, we can put a comment onto the system and then it goes directly to the underwriter. So rather than going through the accounts team to the underwriter, it goes directly to them and we get a much quicker response on those. So if we're looking at a school report, we're getting there, but still improvement needed. There's a long yeah, way to go. Way it There's up. a long way yeah. to go. What other technology have you seen come into play when it comes to the, the world of finance? 
card payments much much easier now you're not ringing somebody and asking them to you know tap into their little machine your 16 digit card number and and then printing off your little receipts and posting them out to the client clients literally can click on a link straight onto their page put their details in done it's making life for clients much much easier and much easier to make payments to us the same with doing the um bank transfers and for us to not have to write out 50 60 100 checks to different insurers um, and wait for them to bank them being able to just send a payment straight away and know that it's going to go through being their account if they're telling us going to client cancel a client's policy rather than us having to say to an ar actually you've only got three days to get the client to pay us because actually we've got to send a check and get it to the insurer we can now say okay we need the payment by Thursday. By Thursday afternoon, we can have the money in the insurance company's bank. What does the finance team do to make our AR's lives easier? <laughs> I mean, all, other than all of the other fabulous stuff that we've spoken about, um, I think one of the big things, um, and we're certainly seeing more and more of it coming through, and I'm sure with what the FCA are looking at with regard to appointed representatives, we're going to see more about it is tighter controls about client money. So there are definitely lots and lots of rules about what you can and can't do with client money and how you hold it and how you reconcile it and what you're allowed to do with it. Um, There's lots of things on a monthly basis that we have to do just to make sure that we're managing the client's account properly. So should the FCA come knocking at the door and decide that they want to take a look at what we're doing, we've got all that information. We can explain exactly this is client money. This is what we're doing with it. We're making sure that we're treating it properly so that we won't ever have an issue with a client not being covered or any of the other terrible things that might happen. From time to time, we know our partners get have issues with cash flow um, and trying to get those monies in as quickly as possible to support them is is is, is a very difficult task sometimes for, for you and the team. But how else do we help our partners when they find themselves in a situation like that? Try and be understanding. We know it's not straightforward for them. They've got a client at the end of the day that they are trying to keep happy. Um, and what we want to do is make that easy for them and give them as many options as we can. So we would never want to be in a position to say we can't help. Ideally, we'd rather give them two, three, four options if we can, but at least come up with a solution that means that they can keep that client on cover and the client's not going to be compromised financially by whatever it is that we're agreeing to do. Again, I think we come back to that speech was sooner rather than later. Don't leave it till the last minute to ask us for help. If you know that the client might have a problem, come and speak to us and we will see what we can do. We will always try and help. There is a constant theme um, from from our broker partners around the the support um, and the can-do attitude um, of the finance team, Um, even when things are a little bit less than desirable or or not quite where they need to be. They're always trying to be helpful and supportive, which feeds into what you said before. You know, if we can give them four options, we will, but, you know, let's at least try and give them an option to to make it happen. I mean, the culture within the team is not something that is easy to, to create, but I presume ultimately it's something you're very, very proud of in regards to the way that the team works. What's your thoughts on how you've got to where you got to? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely am. I think the team do an amazing job. It, it is difficult. It, it, money can be a really 
emotive subject, as you said before, it, it can be tough. And we work really hard as a team to have discussions about what is best practice, what can we do, you know, and I'm not always here to have those discussions with, and I'm hoping and I, I think that I have um, helped the team to understand what those options are. So if I'm not around, they can make those decisions for themselves, decide what's in the best interest of the client, what we are able to offer, what their options are, um, and to go back to the client with really good solutions rather than just saying, really sorry, we can't help. And final question, um, one last bit of advice. What would you say to our, our AR partners in regards to how, how we can help them to make your life a little bit easier? Tell us what you need. I think that's it. Talk to us, tell us what you want, tell us what you need, and wherever we can, we will always try and help. And sooner rather than later, I was probably going to say. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, thank you, Emma. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed this chat today. Um, for those listening, thanks once again for joining us today. Uh, there are more episodes available for you to listen to. Subscribe to Momentum Moments wherever you find your podcasts or listen on our website, momentumsolutions.co.uk slash podcast. Look forward to catching you next time. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Alistair.